You should be able to hand that script to someone, give them a little character breakdown, a little idea of who the, you know, who the actors might be or who you're thinking of. So they have some sort of a mind's eye of that. And if they're reading the script and they can't, they don't know exactly what you are thinking, then it's not in the script. In the room, 52 Jokers Wild. Hello, everybody. It's a Friday again, and this is uh, In the Room with Garvin and George. And our guest this week is Roisin Kearney, who is an independent media production professional, which sounds exciting, a multi-award winning screenwriter and director. So, hello, Roisin. Welcome to the show, hello. and uh, thank you for coming to join us. We have been talking to quite a few filmmakers and uh, exploring avenues of where initially how they got there, but we're more talking about general experiences and just seeing seeing what we can find out about what's happening in the industry today. So tell us a little bit about where you find yourself at the moment and how you got there. <laughs> well, I'm currently working as a media professional. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm making films and TV and doing lots of different stuff in and around that area. And I started off in theatre, moved into indie film when film was on film and then took a little bit of time out with growing children. The babies. With the, the babies. babies. The babies yeah. break free. So yeah, they're, they, yeah, it can be a bit difficult when they arrive when you're working in this industry. But um, then kind of went back in 2014-15, started writing again, built up the confidence a little bit again because that was kind of a major hurdle. And then... Made I'm going to jump in, George. Yeah, because actually there's some interesting I'm things there, yeah. At, I'm chomping at the bit, George. I'm chomping yeah. at the bit because I, 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 I hear certain words and I ignore the rest. And I heard you were a professional. I'm going, what? Now, who the hell is going to say, and I'm an unprofessional amateur <laughs> in the film industry or any industry. I'm an unprofessional amateur in the film industry. You're a professional. But we're also finding... There's a bunch of people calling themselves pros, and yeah. they're not. So, I mean, have you any experience of those professionals that are a little bit amateurish in the industry? Well, I think everyone kind of starts somewhere. You know, yes. you know what I mean? You have to start somewhere. You have to start getting going. Um, you get a lot of help from other people working in the industry, and generally they're very generous. So, yeah, like, I mean, it depends on what you want to judge as professional or not professional you know there's lots of people who are incredible and professional people working in the film industry but they will still turn around and help someone coming up through you know give them the hand because it all comes back again you know what I mean there's people I'm working with six or seven years later who did massive favors for me and really helped me out in the early years and vice versa there's people I helped out in the early years who are coming back and going can you and that's that's how this industry works it works. And did you hard. did you find I mean we're talking about professionalism and one of the things that I found that's quite interesting is that I I love filmmaking. I love the whole process of filmmaking and I wanted to know how it worked. And I think those were sort of critical because it became it became very clear very early on that you had set parameters of time that you had to work within to make sure the project was done. Mm. And and the key seemed to be you've got to get the job done and if you've got if you can compress that time you've got a little bit of fun time at the end to make you know to be creative if you're lucky and yeah. i think over the years that's been when i started out in in the editing department we had five weeks to edit a half hour film 
that got compressed down to three weeks. And at one stage, it became a week to do a half-hour program. Uh, and I'm actually, Garvin's got me doing this over less than eight hours. <laughs> and we're doing an hour now. And, and you, you want to be creative. There's things you want to do. And I know that sometimes it irritates Garvin because I, I, I do little creative things. And he's going, to go, nobody told you to do that. And I go, I know, but this is the only opportunity I'm going to get to do this. And I'm going to do it. <laughs> yeah. So, so how, how have you found yourself working in that, within the constraints of a framework? Mm but still finding an opportunity to be creative? It can, it can be difficult. Like, I mean, you, you know, you're working on something, you have a certain amount of time to get the content you need. And yes, you want the beautiful shot or you want the slider or you want to pull focus or you want this, that and the other. But you kind of have to balance it up because ultimately, you know, you're, that's what you're giving your audience. Are your audience going to be more engaged? Are they going to find are the production values high so they connect with what it is? Like, I mean, different things have different production values and they suit different areas. Like if you're YouTube and stream and whatever, it's a certain level of production value. If you're going to make a huge big cinema release, IMAX feature film, it's a different production value. And there actually, was- I, I like the. La- I'm I'm actually being reminded now of the business language because mm. you're using the word production value, and it's reminding me of the Pareto principle eighty twenty. And it's like saying get the get the eighty percent of the value. The next twenty percent is going to take eighty percent again. It's not worth the extra effort. No one's going to notice. They're not vested in it. So the production value. Once you have the the production value, mm. you've you've got the value. But if you don't have the production value, you've got to get it. And that, because that's what you're investing in. You've you're got, you got yeah. to capture that scene. And it, until it has the value, so you can then show it to the audience. So there's a, we were talking yesterday about, in a bit of a preamble about the, the cost-value relationship. There's a cost to get mm. that value. There's a budget to get that yeah. value. But if you don't get, the professionalism is delivering the value in the budget and wrapping the creativity. And I think we were touching on that, but yeah. you've got to figure, you've got to let it go, you've got to move on. Well, yeah. yesterday, um, yesterday we, we were talking, and you were saying that um, in your early part of the career, a filming day consisted of three minutes of a script three shoot. Yeah, three yeah. Script. And I know that when, when, when we shot Fiddler's Walk, which was about 12, 14 years ago, we were doing seven pages mm. a minute, but we were using digital as opposed to film. Yeah. And we still had lighting, but we were able to get things compressed. And and now we're hearing people who are doing a, a feature film shoot in 18 days or, or 13 yeah. days. Yeah. And you're sitting there kind of going, how are you doing that? You know, how are you work? How they're can you convey your days, ideas? They're 16 hour days, George. They're not eight hour days. They're 26 yes, but I think, days in real But that's the thing. They're, yes. They're, they're how real is, it, is that in yours? Ever. Like, the, yeah. the days were longer years ago. I mean, yeah. they were longer. There was no rules or regulations about this, that or the other. You did insane things all the time. Do you know what I mean? They're 25 hour days, eight day weeks. They were brilliant. You had lots more time on your hands. Oh, I, I did a 43 hour stint once mm. that yeah. completely wrecked me for weeks. And and uh, and it was because we were trying to meet a deadline and and the job, you know, the, the people hadn't done their job. So that we had a deadline of a Tuesday and we had this weekend to get a five hour show down into which turned out to be 45 minutes. Actually, there's a weird thing here, George, now. We're talking, okay, forget the past for a second. We had the last couple of years of madness and there's all this brand new language of 
work life, well, it's not brand new. It's just there's a heavier emphasis on the work life balance, value for people, yes. health, mental, sure. you know, your wealth, your health, your mental health, and all, and now even hybrid work and work from home. Now, this, this industry, there's certain elements of it. Maybe you can do the animation from home, the editing from home, or, or something like that. I don't know. But the mainstay of it is, you know, how do you, do you think there's been much of a change or adoption in this mental health in, let's say, in this industry now, in the sense of the 50-hour week is down to a, is it down to a 40 or still there? It, has it actually changed or they're sort of talking a talk but not walking a walk? There's talk about it, but I mean, realistically, pay was much higher. So you might work insanely hard for six months a year, but you were paid for years. You know, the pay was yeah, that's it. your year's work. So you knew, okay, I'm going into work three months. It's going to be absolute torture, you know, but it's going to be, I'm going to love every minute. <clears throat> We're going to run around and do all this stuff and make hopefully an incredible film or whatever at the end. And but you knew you got paid enough to give you that break afterwards. It would balance yeah. out. Whereas because it's not, well, I mean, some people are getting incredibly well paid, you know, whatever, a lot, but I mean, actors and everything will tell you, you know what I mean? What they used to get paid for an ad was the equivalent of a year's wages in the early 90s. Yeah. It's not anymore. It's lucky if it's a week's wages. You know what I mean? Now, there's a weird one there in the sense of the ad was a year's wages, but if I had no work during the rest of the year, I just got an ad and I thought, geez, that was that what I made last year. It wasn't that it was a year's wages. Yeah. It just happens I get one ad a year. Well, you know, no. it, <laughs> my, my sister, I remember my sister's wages for her full-time job was £7,000. And yeah. what you would expect as an actor in a lead role in an advert was £7,000. No, Roisin, I'm going to give out to you right no. now. It's punts. <laughs> yeah. You should know better by now. We're, that's George's pounds. Oh, is she working in England now? Because we were in Puntland in my country. It was euros <laughs> as well as at that point. But, uh, so it's definitely when you're using pounds and punts, we're yeah. going back no, we're, to the early pre-90s or something. Well, or that's what I'm talking about, though. Like, I mean, it was a different... It was a different... Yeah, there was far less being made. So there was far less work. There was far less people in the industry. Yeah. It's You know what I mean? There's all these, you know... And it was really expensive to shoot. And the reason it took longer was because you made sure every single shot counted. There was no shot ever taken that was maybe not going to be used unless you're on a ridiculously massive budget film. So this is crazy. We know you could have bought a house for £7,000 back then. But the infl- you know, the madness of what you were earning, we're saying the curve has actually gone the opposite way. Inflation's gone this direction and pay in, or pay in this industry in certain jobs or titles has yeah. gone the, actually the opposite way even with inflation yeah. accelerating in this direction. Well, we, well, so it's I, getting I was tougher finding, and harder to make a living yeah. for certain but, people in the industry, is it? But, well, but there's some interesting things that seem to be happening because I, I've, I've worked with a lot of students mm-hmm. and one of the things that you found was that you were you were trying to use equipment to show how, how you could do stuff and the kids were coming in with far more expensive equipment and the top of the range didn't know how to use it but they had funds coming from somewhere that gave them and they thought they could go out and make films, but they had no yeah. concept of the story yeah. structure, which yeah. is one of the biggest problems. Yeah. And I, I know that I there was a I showed someone how to write a script and how to do stuff. They the, and I edited a process after we directed it. They went away and got everything out of sync, and it was all stuttery and also. And they thought that this was brilliant. And I kind of going, "You've just destroyed the story. You've totally misunderstood the medium." But because they were all young and they thought they were arty, they knew thought they knew better. Yeah. And, and there were there were problems with and because they could knock things out without having the full understanding. They were unfortunately uh, 
taking that they were giving the full sense to those people that were funding those projects that thinking that things could be done quicker and and that misrepresentation then sort of influenced the way that accountants unfortunately govern were were thinking it would cost to make a film and the reality wasn't there and then people were working longer hours to try and you know to meet that and i think that that was something that so the technology is getting faster uh or no there's a misconception there sorry i remember when we edited film it took a certain length of time to process that. Yeah. When Avid first came in, everybody thought it's a computer, it should work quicker. And you went, no, there are areas in here slow. We still have to think the story through. And now today, you know, there's there's no difference in the thought process. You still, it still takes the same length of time to think through a process, even in editing, even I think on set. And yet people thinking this should be quicker, this should be faster, you should be able to achieve more. And all you do is burn out. <laughs> I think that's yeah. what... We've said, no, it's not that we're meant to be complaining. Well, what it we're does. trying to it do it, it leads to mistakes and it leads to all sorts yes. of stuff. Telling a story, whether you're a writer, director, or editor, it takes that time to develop it in your own mind and see the picture and see the emotion. See, I mean, you know, as an editor, like, I mean, the shots I love are the ones where people aren't speaking because yes. generally they tell you far more. Yeah. And finding them and having them at the right moment in the right place it's not something that you can go oh yeah that'll just slot in there it's not a you know it it's not a it's not as simple as that you know you have to kind of tap into your own emotional journey while watching while creating what you're doing and if you don't do that the audience aren't going to connect with it yeah. Actually, I like what you're saying because, Roshi, you're indirectly touching on what we touched on in the preamble before, which is the journey. If you're in micro production or indie production, you have many hats. And we sort we talked of you, you, you said, actually, if I could pick one thing, I'd love to be making my living from being the, the, maybe the writer creator. But I found myself moving further into industry in the sense of, you know, because I'm a writer creator, I can, and I also can wear the hat of producer, director, maybe editor. I now I'm writing with a bit more in mind of what can be achieved maybe with budget or what can be done oh, versus yeah. what could actually, if I wrote free reign, you also touched on this. You have a lovely passionate project hidden in a drawer somewhere and it's a 15 million pounds something or punt or euros or wherever the hell it is. But we didn't know that or we don't, I'm, I'm sure if the accountant stepped in, we might find it's a 17.9 million. We don't really know <laughs> what it is, but we know it's not a micro budget. Yeah. We know it's a passion project. We know it was you writing the script you want to write without the, without the, the, the process yeah. shutting you down before you start, which is usually right. me shutting George down going, the budget is, <laughs> let's work backwards from the budget, let's, get, <laughs> let's package the best production value, but we got to write with the budget in mind and hopefully package creativity. So what's I'm, your view on that? I'm in two minds of that because I think from a writing perspective, and I find it really hard because I do. I do have that little producer head in me going, oh, no, don't put that in because that's going to cost whatever and take half a day. But put it in the script and then sit down with the script that you want to write yeah. and then work backwards because it's surprising what you can make work. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Like I had a scene that I was doing one time and it was like, this whole fire had to happen and da, da, da. I was like, well, sure, you know, you're talking, you know, I did, I ended up shooting it in a barbecue 
it worked perfectly. You know what I mean? Yeah. You can do Actually, I love what you're saying again, because in business language, like when my, again, I hope to God I'm never going to be talking about accountancy too far into the future. But <laughs> We have to reprogram in, in my past, in my past, when giving advice to firms and small SMEs and all the rest of it, the problem was if you were working the budget and what they had, they couldn't think. They were trying to cut costs in their mind and they were getting smaller and smaller and couldn't actually grow. And they hadn't even started. We're saying if if the rules were thrown away, if the budget was not necessarily unlimited, we're going, you want to open your mind first, exactly as you said, even in business, you want to go, what could I have? I have my dream plan. I have my, my 10-year, five-year plan. If I, had a multi, if I had a million pounds, this is what I could do. If I had half a million, that's what I... So we want these scenarios. We want to stretch... And we want the minimum, and we want the max, and we want you to—we want you to reach in your creativity in your story. But then, as I said, you can write it in. It's better to have it in and take it out than not have it in and it be missing, <laughs> and you don't know what's missing. You know. Jaws is the classic one. The mechanical Jaws didn't work. Yeah, what did absolutely. Do? They used music. What yeah. did that do? It made the film far better. You know, yeah. exactly. These things. They also cut the shots down as well. The shots yeah. were shorter. Because they actually gave, you know, the imagination took a... I do, I do artwork. And one of the things that's quite interesting is that if you just draw the shade, the human eye fills in the rest of the shapes. If you've got a person in front of you and there's shading, if it's lit right, the human puts in the rest. And that happens with storytelling. The number of things... I mean, you may write something one way and your, your audience will suddenly interpret it in a, in a way you hadn't even imagined, but they've spotted something just because the way you've presented on screen and their imagination is fired up. And again, that's... Again, we talked about target audience. One of the things that I think that, that tends to get forgotten is, is how the audience re reinterpret what you're seeing on, on... You know, what you're showing them on the screen and how they will come then... To, to, to watch that and that's something I think we're constantly sort of trying to think about how do we how do we do something that will entice it's a, actually there you go George I yeah. mean we, we actually touched on in a couple of episodes before we said you know Elon Musk is on is on the journey to to plug in the AI in the mind and they then basically going if you're you're watching TV from your mind to your mind's eye you've got full CGI full costume yeah. drama no budget your mind is filling in the gaps and you, you, so so actually that's going to be the best you know new film going forward we're in danger when that happens but in before that happens in indie production if we sort of take that perception it's what you don't see and your mind fills in. We're going, we want to imply there's something in the forest. We want to talk about the, you know, the, the aliens and the horror. But if we show the Muppet puppet Fraggle and we go, they're just like, ah, forget this piece of rubbish. You're going, but if they don't see it, then they themselves will be filling it in. So that was your, your Blair Witch for about 90% of the movie. You're going, a bunch of kids running around the forest, kicking over leaves and tree trunks and screaming their heads off. And five. We're not going to worry about the outlier, well, but there's, by there's God, a, your mind filled in the CGI. Well, yeah, yeah, there's a film, I think, out recently, a horror movie called Silence or something. And the whole thing is about everybody trying to be as quiet as possible and trying to work out ways to communicate to one another. And, and there is silence. There's not even music, I think. And the tension builds up because you're kind of going, what the hell is going to happen so next? You just imagine someone in the cinema eating oh, popcorn. You're going, you'd be, you'd be fucking... Yeah, moved. if you heard them crunching up on the way. Shut up! <laughs> So I mean, so now we're back to going. It's it's to try and get that production value with minimum budgets. That's the creativity within it, and that's what filmmakers are there to do. You know what I mean? We can have discussions on finance. I know they have to work together at some level, 
But if you start crowding the mind of your creatives, you're not going to get your the best product. You know what yeah. I mean? You have to. That's why there are those different areas to me anyway, is because you have to give people the space to do really well at what they're good at and allow them to do that. And, and, it, and, and a, people will find ways around it. I mean, when you yeah. read a book, you, I mean, I certainly visualize every moment as I read. I don't read with like a blank mind and see just see words. I see what's trying to be put. Now, have you gone to many a cinema afterwards after reading the book and going, that didn't bloody happen. I'm very disappointed with that. And you're going, and like you see where they cut the, with your mind's eye, you're going, well, we know why that wasn't in there. No budget. But I, I've gone to the pictures, I've gone to the cinema and watched a movie and I've come out and I've got my impressions of what it was. And I listened to a couple of people behind me talking about the movie and I went, that's not the film I've just watched. What was the film you just watched? And they have a totally different concept of what they what the last hour and a half was they went through. And I kind of go, whoa, that's fascinating just to sort of explore those sort of ideas. And I think that, you know, I mean, you, you were talking about a short time ago trying to get back to work. And the, we've we've discussed this before, the kind of imposter syndrome. And, and over the last few years, I've gone into training to become a counsellor. And and it's like people watching, and it's it's fascinating just listening to to these people. And one of the things you 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 you're in a kind of triad situation where someone's observing uh, another person that's counselling, and the other person is the person being counselled. And I started to experiment with the idea of being one a character from one of my movies, which happened to be a girl called Aoife, and in another one, an eighty-three year old man. I'm not even going to comment no, on this one. But the thing there was, but I didn't have to do anything. You're giving All me I ammunition had to do here, is tell George. Stories. Be aware of no, what you're no, doing. No, no, absolutely. <laughs> but I think that the, the, exploring the way that people think and the way that people interpret and, the, and 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 playing around with those roles in a very very simple sort of uh, scenario with three people observing one another is so fascinating because without machines and stuff around you to capture that you're creating stories or you're seeing stories evolve that can help look at you know create tension and all kinds of stuff that was going on and 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 as a as an observer which is what the audience is you're suddenly seeing this interaction which becomes so fascinating between two human beings and And that only needs two cameras And, you know it, 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 and it feels incredibly tense. And there is this kind of move, and I think it's because they're like, oh, the kids are just watching YouTube and it's all quick, 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 and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And that's fine. And I totally get it. Mine do. Like, they play games, they're doing this, that, and the other. But there's still a lot of kids who are literally watching someone else play a video game for six hours. Yes. No, that's yeah. what I, we've touched on this yeah. before. Yeah. I want, like, if they're on it, I want them to be a creator, um, not a user. But they're still, yeah. Because but if they're you're just consuming fact, someone else being the but they're still going back and watching a lot of films that I would have watched as a child because the story is there. They're interesting yeah. characters and they can relax and watch them. The reason they watch those YouTube, it's a form of meditation, I think, to some extent. Well, yeah. something that was fascinating because I, I watched, I did what you're saying. I actually watched my 32-year-old son playing a tank game. No, it was, uh, they, they landed these soldiers into an island and they had to accomplish something. Yeah. But he, he was in Canada and I was sitting there with him. He was talking to his mates in, in Ireland and Texas and all sorts, yeah. and they were all playing. They were actually like soldiers going on a mission, having a discussion about what it was like back home, and then suddenly having to deal with a, a crisis that occurred as the characters. And then they went back to being, and he went, there's, there's, a, there's a drama in that, which is yeah. really quite fascinating well, actually, we're back to watch. To George. My, if you think of the Minecraft uh, YouTubers, yeah. 
what they do they, what, beyond the game now no they've created an entire story they're going they've actually scripted it they're going on a journey it's an adventure they're going to find X and fight Y and, and this is the narration and the narration is nearly comedy and then they start realising I'm running out of lines on myself here yeah. so there's four and five of them now as a group having the and that's what my kids were watching when they were a little bit younger it was there's more chance of a comical you know sort of improv script around the framework of structure yes. of adventure yeah. which they started putting into it so these are nearly the filmmakers of tomorrow, but these are actually making more than the, than the filmmakers of today sitting at home, as I say, on a regular basis in their underpants, basically narrating Minecraft. And I'm going, we, and I'm trying to get business advice. I'm going, no, I need to be talking to them. It's the yeah, other yeah. way around. Well, you look the at, teacher, um, the pupils become the teacher. You look at what's... A lot of those people have, you know, 30 or 40 employees who play and record. Yeah. Now they have, exactly. And then they yeah, narrate yeah. over them. So they're not actually necessarily playing the game. You're, you know what I mean? So they write yeah. the script. But there's, there are lots of creatives now. Uh, yeah. uh, there's a, there's a games. The game engines of Unity mm. and Unreal now are being used by filmmakers to create, you know, virtual Diverse. worlds yeah. that look almost. I mean, the the was it um, Mandalorian, the the Star mm. Wars movie was using them to project, you know, uh, and they got the right reflections. But the kids are playing around with these tools and coming up with amazing worlds that they wouldn't normally have been able to do. You the guessing thing is, George, the kids don't realise they've already done the training. Yeah. They're using drop-down menus. They're bi- I mean, they're... I, I, I started using Keltex the other day or something, and what it is, is menu-driven. You go, you start going, what's in every box? What does it do? The kids are actually building worlds yeah. even at the most basic level with the tools available being web tools and the strange thing is they're actually already geared up at 14 years of age to go work in animation do character rigging they're building their characters they're putting on their armor they're, they're picking from different structures they're manipulating them i go actually I, the amount of learning that's now in, employed in these what seemed like games the half the time my son is actually getting ready for the game. It's the it's the pre-structure, the pre-arming, you know, the pre-planning, and therefore it is actually. I'm very excited because most of the tools of some of the jobs in this industry going forward is, as you said, cinema or or film is now going to be more a real engine than yeah. possibly out in the wilds. I spot an article there the other day which showed uh, drone capture in the burn to then map using possibly you know 3D technology and real engine so they can actually do green film and reduce carbon emissions and have 90% of the movie shot possibly on blue or green screen in a studio with, but it looks as pretty much as they've took the outside and brought it inside yeah. in tech. Yeah. Yeah. Like, but that is so massive. Use them with rain cover, so you don't have to have that problem. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> but is. I mean, I mean, it, no, well, I should be asking questions of Roisin there. Yeah. Are you starting to work in Real Engine? Unreal. Do you yeah. want to stay in micro indie production to get that fit, work from your I, fifty I have, grand to your fifty a million? I, I, I was associate producer on a TV show called Gamer Mode, so I worked with a lot of the streamers and a lot of the developers over. Um, a period of time and it was fascinating. I found the whole thing really, really interesting and an awful lot of kid gamers. And um, so that was a huge... Well, I'm going to stop you me. one second, oh, yeah. Roisin. Do you know indirectly you were working with your future investors? Yes. Because <laughs> <laughs> they have the money. You know, so actually, there's your new people going forward because that's what Netflix is saying. What YouTube star have you wrapped into your microproduction that has 10 million followers that we can convert into yes, ROI yes. subscribers? <clears throat> oh, yeah. And that is it. I mean, yeah. the number of followers people have is a huge part of it. 
But it, you also find, and if you work with a lot of the TikTokers or the streamers or anything else, their interests lie in a different space, maybe than the people who actually want to invest in bringing them on board sometimes. And yeah. they Have you been working with the TikTokers? Just as a matter of yeah. question. Yeah. Right. Can you turn me and George into a TikToker? Should we be TikTokers? Should we be TikTokers? Oh, I don't know about Should that. we be TikTokers? <laughs> I'm not sure what your the thing is. You dance. Like, you know, depends. Oh, we can, we can shake the wild ah, thing. We can now, you know, do the Now, talking about trust. Unreal, yeah, I've actually got Garvin as a 3D model dancing almost. <laughs> He's already he's already been in the virtual world dancing around and doing no, an loops the and stuff. We know is this. there's a TikTok in which you're implying, which is to do the little shake, do the little touch, do the little push. But the biggest growth in TikToking is actually in the business area moving in, and actually whether it be coaching, mentoring, whether it be whether it be I don't know even Bitcoin. But and say it does. It's not just about the three second dance with the kid. It, no, it, it's, it's, it's basically yeah. But they, I mean, even those three second dances with a kid aren't three second dances with a kid. I mean, yeah. those TikTokers work incredibly hard. They create a huge yeah. amount of content. They're very careful about yeah. what they do. Um, a lot of the ones that I bet they're really, really passionate about a lot of important issues. You know, they use their platform to highlight things that they're worried. You know what I mean? And yes, it's lots of fun and it's lots of games and lots of play, but, and some of them are really young, some of them are older. A lot of them are bringing a lot of social issues to the fore that they care about. You know, it's, it's a, you know. Now we'll ask the question again. Yeah. Should we be TikTok? Definitely. Right, will you help us? Because I don't know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, this is the weird thing. Because actually what you just mm. said there, was business 101 mm. people that can not the consumer of TikTok? That's just me going, What happened to me life? I'm 20 minutes in, I don't know even what I'm doing. I'm watching this rubbish now. The what I'm watching is if this bunch are the influencer and I'm watching them and they have a hundred thousand or a million followers, they've choreographed it, they've planned it, they're, they're, they're dealing with social issues, they're trying to educate, they're trying to entertain, and they actually are building and talking to their customer base. Mm. You're going, they are closer than anyone in the film and or in the industry than anything else I can see. Yeah. We need to be following them. Yeah. Oh, I agree. And I mean, you have to produce content for that. That's 25% of our population. You know what I mean? Yeah. Ignoring yeah. them isn't a good, you know, you don't want to be ignoring a quarter of the population. And, and what are you finding that their content. interests are? I know that it could be broad ranging, but is there, are there key themes that are coming out that they're really starting to get into? Well, is it not? Like, I mean, it is very broad. I mean, there's a huge number of kids who are into it. You know, there's a, a social issues and um, human rights are very substantial in, yeah. what, uh, in what an awful lot of them talk about and are worried about and think about, as well as things like global warming and the environment. Yeah. Yeah. And they kind of, I think they, they, tune, they turn it off to an extent because they have to be kids sometimes, you know what I mean? But yeah. Yeah. There's, a lot, there's a lot of anxiety and, and about those things and into the future. I mean, they don't see, they don't see a past that maybe our generation or the generation before us would have seen. They don't see how they can go to college, work hard and buy a house. To them, that doesn't exist. Yeah, yeah, because yeah. No one can anymore. And um, so there's a lot of anxiety about, you know, so then they're looking for these, oh, well, if I become TikTok famous, you know, I can get whatever I want. They don't, they don't see any other path ahead yeah. of them. And I think there's a lot of kind of queries and questions about that that they have. You know, they don't, 
know how they can grow up, move out, and have a happy ever after life. And uh, yeah, and I think it. I think you that's know, becoming that's, more and more difficult. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, for teenagers, that is there, and like whether we like it or not, it is there, and it is a stress. So yeah, I'm gonna stop you and go. Hold on a second. I know I was thirty something before I left my mammy's house. I'm going. I don't think it's just teenagers anymore. Most of most most of forty year olds I know are moving back in with the parents, <coughs> and, and you're going. It's it's so we I have mean, this growth. The things that, that happen in society affects young people. They're not blind. Yeah. To it. Yeah. They don't just not look at it. They see what's happening in Afghanistan, or they see what happened in America. Like I remember a kid I know literally crying over something political that happened in the states because they were so you know and i think she was probably maybe nine or ten at the time you know yes. what I mean? they take yeah. in information yeah. they try and process information as well as they can and i think sometimes we underestimate how i, th- I think yeah now indirectly the- i'm going to come swing back around again george for a second and go where is the future audience of tomorrow are they in cinemas are they on netflix are we are but I can't even get my kids into the same room. And they might be 17 and 18 going to college now, but they aren't even on television or they're purely consuming to their own package and creative, creative channels. I think the issue is that they have to, you have to go and talk to these people. Yeah. Like what is the content for 14 to 25 year olds on television? No, I suppose we're talking. We're back to talk about the target market for your creating our, our indies and all the rest of it. Or, or it's it's yeah. saying if the if the national broadcasters are dead men walking in most countries based on reducing license fees and and you know mm. you know public service type salaries, they're 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 they're, they're, they're being bypassed by the by the streamers. Yeah, I mean, I really, yeah. I, I strongly yeah. believe in public broadcasting. I think it's incredibly yeah. important, and. Um, I, you know, anything that sort of affects that worries me. But um, just because a younger group, it doesn't mean they're not, like, I mean, to be political, they are politically engaged. So where are they getting their information from at the moment? Are they getting their information online? That may or may not be, you know, balanced or whatever. Or false news. So, yeah. So what, you know, so, I mean, are we going to start putting more political program aimed at younger people on TV. Is that going to be there? Or are we going to... Well, it won't matter because they're not watching TV. Well, they're so not, not going to see it. It depends. Like, which, which comes yeah. first, you know? But And then are you going to put that on a, out on a... You know, across YouTube, across your TikTok? Are you going to put it out to places where they are at the moment and give them the longer version? In well, the something I found very interesting... How are going to give it... Yeah, it, a lot of a lot of students that I was working with, mm. 16, 17 year olds. I mean, the college used to put up um, uh, various different uh, barriers for them to access information, but they all knew how to circumvent that and gather the information. The difficulty was was the, is trying to get them to do. It wasn't a difficulty in actual fact. It was just that if the adults didn't think about them as people and taught them as children. Then, then, then they would re- respond to those adults as wh- whatever picture they wanted to paint them. But if you actually treated them as human beings and started to to negotiate with them, talk to them, you got some amazing conversations and amazing philosophies coming Absolutely. from them that yeah. were really eye opening. And you went, "Oh my god, I didn't realize," you know. And that that's by engaging those people and starting to chat to them at their level, not a level higher or lower. Or it's. It's going and meeting them and, and being open to their ideas 
was an important yeah. part of the process, I think. That's a, kind of like we were talking about it yesterday. It was like, I have stuff to learn off a 19-year-old in the same way as a 19-year-old yeah. might have stuff to learn off me. Do you know what I mean? It's not well, a, well, I know that when I was teaching... Inferior uh, relationship. It's two yeah. individuals who have something, you know? Well, I used to I used to teach 16 to 18-year-olds and even higher, and I so happened to have two youngsters that were that age at that point and i would go into them and say if i gave that what would you think that you know that they would guide me in what to yeah. do for the materials to teach mm. and that was and i went right okay i now have an understanding so i could deliver and those those ideas then became appealing because i'd used a reference that helped guide me and take yeah. my my biases away from that and that but i do think that a lot of um a lot of people that are funding projects uh you know broadcasters or even the even the TikTokers and Facebook, they're motivating the way that people should do stuff without yeah. considering what the philosophies of those processes should be and how they would damage uh, or, or influence the people that are there. Yeah. The youngsters Strange are very much attuned to... to they're still looking for production yeah. value. The weird, yeah. Everyone from all angles yeah, yeah. are saying they're not letting this out yeah. unless... This production has value because yeah. they've invested in it. They want their audience mm. to like it. They want to represent themselves as brand me. So the weird thing is that's what I like about uh, you know there's one there's unprofessionals out there and there's the professionals. Yeah. There's the users and the consumers, <clears throat> but there's the creators and the creators want it to be consumed under all headings up from theatre yeah. to cinema to, yeah. to to TV and to, to to social media channels. We're going. We want an audience we want to be validated by our audience and we 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 want and we're only as good as the last thing we put out and we were investing in it and we want to be able to do it again and that's where indie production comes back to us going oh, i don't want to be a one-hit wonder we'd like to do something we'd like to do it again we or we'd like to get or use it as a testimonial to get a job because look what i did i can do this for you with a bigger budget yeah. you know so we what we touched on maybe again yesterday was if you had the choices would you rather be the entrepreneur creator or do you want to be the jobber? Because if all things are equal, that's about this work-life balance yeah. talk. This is our life. It's very, very important. Every minute counts. I'd rather be doing something I love for myself than be beholden to someone else. You know, that's the time you give up. I think up. You, ha you have to do both. You know, yes. you still have bills yeah. to pay. Like, it's, I can be. Oh, no, no. To say the journey is oh, that's what every passive income. Little fun. No, no, no. no. <laughs> you want to do too, if you course. didn't have to do both, the, 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 you only have to do both because you have to do both. Think, but if you were making enough money yeah. from creative entrepreneurship, you don't have to do but both. But I, I think by not doing things, even if you're going to be locked in a room, writing away, making whatever, I think by not working within the industry outside of that even a bit even if it's like a couple of times whatever i think you're missing out on ah no that's yeah you're choosing yeah. It's, it's that that's that, that having to versus yeah choosing to I, I think it, I, I think it's very I do, whatever it is I don't care yeah. I'm like oh, they're, they're, I work for oh, nothing I don't want to make the tea you know no, I, I, I think there's the, like making and creating and I love making and creating myself that's I, I think but I, you don't want to have to that's the thing. You, you, know, you, know, what, you know what I mean? Well, that, can I, can I, no, let me just, uh, that, that can be one of the things, driver as well. That can push you along yeah. and make you do it. One, you know? one of the things I think that's very important is that, uh, I, know, I mean, my two sons, when they went to university, worked mm -hmm. in Sainsbury's. Okay. Both yeah. them. And, and the, the eldest lad now is, is selling caterpillar stuff for 300 million, all sorts of, 
but it was, a t- it was the skills that he learnt on the floor of Sainsbury's that's helping him with the bigger job that he's actually doing. Okay. And I think, I mean, I've always taught the students that I've had that want to go, you've got, you've got to have two streams. You've got to do your creativity. You've got to find time and allocate that time to that. But you've got to go out and do work. But there are other things about social, about how the world works that you learn in those small jobs that gives you the, the way for all of, of how to do stuff when you're, you're either older and, and it also helps form and structure them as a character and, and how they would then develop. So without that, it, and it's not having to, it's without, you know, if you like people watching, you can't really learn to how to tell stories well, and how to best to, to present them. To meet and communicate with other people. If you're yeah. telling a story, you're communicating, you're t- you know, you are telling that story. If you're going to work in any area, I think, I worked in pubs for years. I had a great uh, yeah. time. I worked lots of pubs for a long, long, long number of years. And... Um, while I was also working full time in theatre, like I mean, I was working yeah. fifteen hours a day because you know <laughs> um, I could. I was young and full of energy. But um, the the skills that you, the soft skills, as, yes, you know, like yeah. that you learn in those situations are prices. But also the characters, the stories, yeah. the mess and the fun, the music that's on, all the atmosphere, how all these things make you feel, will add to what you're trying to create. If you, you know yes. what I mean. Yes. You're, I loved, used to love sitting on buses and listening to other people's conversations because you just <laughs> literally rob these characters from all around you before you oh, I know. put them into. And that's what you do. So if you're locked away in a room just writing, it can, you know, who are you basing your characters on? Like someone can say one sentence to you in a shop or stop you in the park with a dog or whatever, and it can just ignite a whole idea around a scene or around a show. It could be yeah. around anything. Now you've wrote a few things. Now I'm not going to even name them, but just saying, have those characters been on the bus about three weeks later and go, "Oi, oi, that's me! I know you wrote me. Don't you dare, Sarah, say it wasn't." You know, have they recognised themselves? <laughs> a friend of mine rang me up. I had sent her a script to read, and she literally rang me. That's me. I remember being on now, the bus. Is it a good thing? Is it a bad it's thing? A That's what we want to know. Do you, but, but the comedy that you can actually see on the bus, because I remember being in Manchester and I'd been synchronizing uh, film and sound together. Mm. And, I, and I was quite tired and I sat and looked and there was a woman talking at the other end of the bus. And I'm kind of going, oh my God, she's out of sync. How is she out of sync? I didn't know that there was a lady sitting down from the same, yeah. you know, area who was talking just out of sight, and she was—I could only hear her. And I was watching this other person. I was kind of going, "They're totally out of sync." But that was a filmmaking thing that invaded my sort of you broke the matrix, situation. George. Yeah, oh That's no, I broke the matrix. The glitch in the matrix. <laughs> yeah. oh, but no, no, Roisin, The weird thing is, with the last couple of sentences here, we're sort of touching on a language that soft skills, you know working with soft skills in the industry it's not learning the functional but a functional that's a given you're not going to be in the industry unless you've learned that but what we actually want is that team that go-to you know gelling of family you know the family of film is what we touched on as opposed to the business of film we're going we want that go-to team of people we like want to work with and we and we want to keep we don't want an outlier that upsets the cart we want to be able to go do do together and enjoy this production team of people and make great content have you found that little bunch of people do you see them on a regular basis and you know what's missing in the industry maybe and what do we need more of i have found loads of people. I've worked with a lot from the time I first started in theatre. I still work with a lot of the same people. 
all the, these years later. In the pub, I know you are all lounge girls and barmaids. And- <laughs> now, the ones who worked in theatre with me more so than the ones who worked in the pub, but still some, some who worked in the pub too. Yeah. But um, the... All meeting in Alcoholics Anonymous yeah, now around right. the lounge, the table <laughs> And we continue to work and meet in the pub as much as possible. Now, I work with a lot of... I actually work with a lot of people that I worked with when I first started in City Arts Centre in 1994. And I still work with them. So... Yes, you do find people that you're going to work with and you're going to stay with. You also find loads of other people as you go along. Um, and I still do work for them. And if I hear of something coming up that I think they're the right person for, I'll make the phone yeah. call or I'll be sending out this. So, and, we, and vice versa, jobs I've gotten are based on people that I've worked with or that I've met at festivals or I've met, you know, it's the personal relationships that keep the business going. It's back to the same yeah. thing again. We're hearing your left, right, and center. The soft skills we're talking about is the networking. You got to network to get work. We don't particularly want the work, but the network is how you get work. It's that it, those people that like you think of you first. So you can't. You got to step out of the virtual room. You got to have to go to have that pub chat, coffee shop chat, and you got to. But you got to have the skills. Yeah. But when you have them banked, it's your network get. Work. Well, when you're working on something like a film, when you're trying to tell a story, it's a very in- intimate environment. You know what yeah. I mean? And may, yeah, there could be 60 people there, but it's still that because everyone has the one aim, everyone's working together to try and create. If So you want to be have people around you and you know it's going to be long, you know it's going to be tiring, you know it's going to be stressful at times, you know things are going to go wrong and need to be fixed. Um, and if you have people around you that you know and you trust, it's going to make that whole job a they allow you to have a little nap yeah. and a dribble in the corner. Wake <laughs> you up cry, afterwards. Pull your hair out for you. <laughs> a little cry. <laughs> it's okay. She's just going to run off and have a hissy fit. And so is George. <laughs> but they'll be back. They'll be okay. We'll start again. But like, Take two. You know, when you're sitting in an editing suite at four o'clock in the morning and your eyes are like oh, falling out God. your head and you're just going, I just need to get this. And I've I've had a I've had a, an avid that was rebadged uh uh with a 45 minute show on it suddenly crashed and everything went. Oh. The producer walked out and started banging their head against the wall. I had to reboot and start again. But I had the memory of the film. Yeah. And I was able to put it together far yeah. quicker and yeah. solve problems far quicker. So I got used to this idea if something goes wrong that wasn't the movie this is it. <laughs> and it works. Really it works cool. really well. Yeah. yeah. Positive you just mental know that, attitude, positive mental attitude. Oh, absolutely. Because you know you've got a deadline to meet. And, and so everybody else may be screaming. It just worked. It's just, I got so, one of the biggest problems that you, that you found that you had to get over was that you put so much effort into something. You were mm-hmm. precious about it. Someone would come along and criticize it and you'd, your world would fall apart. I actually got to the point where I went, actually, don't worry. We'll throw a few things in. They'll criticize it. They'll know what's but you then suddenly went, actually, I know how to improve this because hmm. I couldn't see that because that other person, I need that other person to be my audience actually, George, to come and say something. something. Yeah. You've just hit on something from a previous show talking to, like, I think it was Francesca, like another writer. And it's about, it's about that script or yeah. script yeah. per se. And we're using the analogy of uh, me baby. I got to let me baby go and let my yeah. baby grow. Yeah. And because it's others... How, you, if others can't be critical, no, it's not about being critical of it, but maybe that positive uh, critique of it. It needs to be, it's to make that, to bring it to the next level of value, to get it out of the drawer, to get it made, to get it seen, to get it heard. But you've got to take it, you've got to let, 
you got to bring it out and you got to show yeah. that ugly baby. Just, I think it was an episode of Seinfeld and they're all looking at the baby going, that's the ugliest baby I've ever seen. And they're <laughs> looking, but this could be your script. Yeah. And to make it a beautiful baby, someone else might have to dress it up, take it apart, put it back together again. You know, are you precious? If you have to... You're precious. What's that, Philip? You know, my, my, my precious. If, if, you have, if, you, if you have to t- explain your script to someone... It means yeah. what you want is not in the script. Yes. You should be able to hand that script to someone, give them a little character breakdown, a little idea of who the, you know, who the actors might be or who you're thinking of so they have some sort of a mind's eye of that. And if they're reading the script and they can't, they, you know, they don't know exactly what you are thinking, then it's not in the script. And yeah. that will transfer into when you're shooting the film and that will transfer to when you're in the editing room going, why the hell was this not... Yep. And you can have scenes <laughs> that you are absolutely love, but they might not move the story forward. They might be in the wrong yes. place, actually. Yes. Something happens. Yeah. They yeah. might be the right scene, but just in the wrong place. And that needs to be sort of shifted around. And um, or you have to think about the structure of, you know, because it doesn't necessarily have to be. Yeah. Actually, the one thing here I'm really getting at is other, a lot of people were talking about they can't get the script out of the drawer. They can't get it by a reader. They can't, because there's so many in the queues. This is back to, yeah. like, you've, I think you're getting an awful lot of your scripts out of the drawer, further out of the drawer now, yeah. because you you stepped out of writing into this further networking or get working, a producer, director, editor. So yeah. you can nearly go, when they weren't looking, buy them a pint and put a script in front of them. <laughs> you know, it, it's, when they weren't watching. You know, but I mean, but again, do you find learn. that it's a very tough industry for writers to get seen and heard, to get the opportunity mm. to have that conversation? Well, you learn from that. You learn by directing, you learn by producing, you learn by doing notes for other people's scripts, which you do all the time. You know what I mean? You yeah. learn by doing script development for people. You learn by writing bad scripts. You know, it's like, it's like anything else, unless you keep doing doing it and being around other people who do it. And if I take a script that I'm going to direct, it's not mine. I have to look, I'm looking at it in a really particular way. And I know, because you're always sitting there going, oh, I know what it's like if, you know, someone else takes your script and goes, actually, e. um, well, you have to do that. That's just, quite, you, yeah. you know, that's yeah. the job. And I actually like working with other directors. I like giving the script over to other people because I kind of feel like a lot of the time they will bring another level to it, you know? So. Uh, I think it's um, yeah. You have to be able to. You have to be happy to throw out your baby. It just is. It is what it is. And just not. We had a saying before. You can throw out your baby, just not with the bathwater. Mm. You're trying to throw him out and get him dressed. Well, I think you're I going think, to send him off to school. Yeah. with his lunch. You pack. can cut scenes. Think- I've, I've done uh, edit, I've done editing notes for people when they're editing, and you get sent over. You know, and I've been that cruel person who comes back and says. Are you a hard taskmaster? Yeah, really That's that what we scene, want to that know. Scene has to go. Like it's pointless. It's not moving the story forward, and it's just making it as a piece too long. But I've also said the opposite. I've always said I think you should hold in that like two more beats. Yeah, like, hold in that shot for you know what I mean. So, but I have well, I think like, scenes out of stuff. Yeah. A lot of people have a blind spot because if they got so close to it, they they can't and see what the, what mm. the problem is, and they need someone to just pull them back yeah, and refocus them. Yeah, yeah. and I think that works really, really well. I mean, I've had a film that I I made, I shot 12 years ago and I've edited it and one of the problems was my dad died in the middle of it and there's all, and I I couldn't let go and then I've had to let, I couldn't actually face it. I'd open it up 
on the computer and then I'd close it down straight away and then it got corrupted somewhere on the line oh, and no. I've now started to re-edit it but, but oh, really? I'm re-editing it now and we're talking about Unreal I'm now actually exploring the idea of some of the scenes I had in the movie being done in Unreal and recreating mm -hmm. them just but I'm using it as I'm it's not a I'm not precious I just yeah, do it when I can just, and I'm going to work yeah. through it until it's done and it all but it's only because I've been talking to some of the people we've been having on our show that, that yeah. kind of inspired me to kind of go back to it and not give up because of all these people that worked on it would like to see what they did. Yeah. Now, George's yeah. is only at three million something in a drawer. Yours is 15. Yeah, you absolutely. Me. So how are we going to get this 15 million something out of the drawer? Who do you want? Steven Spielberg? Is it Quentin Tarantino? What, what, what is the plan for this one? Oh, for that one, well... Well, first of all, I have to finish it because it's all written out in like <laughs> it started off handwritten in pencil on a refill pad and then it moved on. That, that's Quentin Tarantino. Yep. He buys a refill pad. <laughs> well, that's, that's, the way a I always, pencil. that's the way I always wrote. And I only kind of moved on to writing on the computer, I'd say, in the last two years or three years. I always right. wrote one. Now, do you use Caltex? We're starting with Caltex. No, I, I, <laughs> no, I use Final Draft. Final I, Draft, I got, okay. I kind of, I invested in Final Draft at the very start and just said, right, that's, what you know because um i found it easier and i'm not um naturally good at remembering like it's like when i if going on to use an edit thing like i'll be great i'll be able to do whatever then i don't do it for two months i come back i'm like where do you even start i can't right. yeah yeah, yeah. That, so, that's um, normal that's normal everybody <laughs> does that i'm having that problem you know all the different packages and stuff i've had to learn you come back and, and go change, oh my goodness so much all the time well, oh, the no. great thing in the name there now well, i like it you know it's going it's trying to tell you final draft god's sake will you get the final draft, draft. Yeah. that's it and then yeah, yeah. we can start i was actually considering writing it into a novel and then going back at it again. That's what I was... Because I haven't finished. I have that, that actually works really well because I've written two feature film scripts and then yeah. turned the two of them into novels that developed and now I could rewrite them as scripts and yeah. they would go in a totally different place, which I think yeah. is fascinating. That, that, is, that journey yeah, is just fascinating. You have to invent those extra hours in the day, though. You're going... The problem you're having here is you have to move away from the PAYE, find that extra time in order to be doing the... In order to be doing those extra publishing... Writing the novel to self-publish while actually getting the draft. I, I, I don't. Mean, I don't think it has to be. I don't know what be... you get paid, but I don't have that time. No, no. I don't <laughs> think you have to. It, it, it's not one thing or another. And I think we discussed that earlier on. You, you have to. You can plan these things into your day. I actually spend every morning. And now Garvin says it's not for. It's not for money. But I actually write three pages every day That's of really the week. That's a really good way to be. Yeah, it's a really right. good way. To yeah. Be. And I, and I, I was doing that this morning. I watch four hours of Netflix in the evening. Well, there's I, I four hours for writing. Probably yeah. is. <laughs> but the thing is that... Well, what, that's my research. My right, research. I'm, I'm writing about a thousand words. You know the content is out there and you create the new content. And Yeah. Oh, that's... And it, there's nothing more heartbreaking because I have had it happen where someone sends me a script and it's like, I know there's something really, really similar in production at the moment. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it is. But like the thing about it is, and the thing a lot of people who are working, you know, do a lot of stuff with the VOD say, it doesn't actually matter. Yeah. You know what I mean? That just yeah. because one thing can measure, it doesn't mean Amazon won't take it. There's an audience for yes. everything and yeah. for both. And actually, if they like one, they want another yeah, the well, well, you think of uh, Red Planet and Mission to Mars. Both came out in the same year. In fact, uh, both films were called uh, Mission to Mars until the, the Red Planet one discovered there was another film being made with the same title and they changed it over. The, the Robin Hood movies that both came out at the same time. You know, there's all these movies that come out. Yeah. And what it implies is that they're, there's, they're actually good stories and there is an audience for them and people will go and watch both movies. 
You know, yeah. they're, 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 you know, I'm doing that all the time. I want to go and watch the same as what I've watched before. Yeah. Oh, here's another opportunity. Yeah. So I'm going to use a terrible language now because I'm remembering Stephen Fellows on that little band of, you know, what wins, what doesn't mm. in micro, um, under three million of a budget. Oh, you're, forget the 15 million yeah. sum for the moment. Or maybe, you know, bring it back in. Mm. It's, is it a chick flick? Is it a horror? It's actually a series. You know, it, that's why it's true. That's why it's, 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 what? Before, it's a series, but it's four hours. So it's oh, wow. not. It's an epic. It's a Lord of the Rings. It's a Ben Hur. <laughs> right, that's good. I like that. There's a lot of chariots running around with them, scantily clad females and males. <laughs> You're going, so it is a chick flick. That's good. I like no, that. No, <laughs> it's a thriller with murder and intrigue and explosions and set again. Coronation Street. Okay, <laughs> I have it now. The, back, yeah, the backdrop of the um, unused industrial towns in Pittsburgh. So yeah. Oh wow! Okay, yeah, it's not okay, because okay. they're cheap backlots. Yeah, I know. find them fascinating. I just find them so. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I think they have a. This is where the industrial there. towns have all gone. Yeah, have all, all gone. Industries all, left. all yeah. the you know right. all those you know the where where an entire town survived around was one industry. One industry yeah. and that yeah. vanished. You know, I always find yeah. those sort of those sort of go what I consider ghost towns um, fascinating. No, I actually read an article, and again, it might have been Pittsburgh, I don't know. Mm. And it was actually talking about the ghost town element of maybe the Ford factory. It used to be yeah. big car manufacturers yeah. or something yeah. like that. And they're gone, gone. But now they have multi-billion pound investments, and it's in their two favourite headings, data centres and film studios. Because <laughs> what they used to be is big back lots and big factory warehouses, mm. and that's what fits there now. But it doesn't create because industry, does it? Data centers don't employ people, you see. That's, that's the thing. Problem. That's ah, it. I don't, don't, don't. But the thing is, um, it, it, the whole thing is, it makes... It, it's the heat exchange. So you can have both on the on a back lot. Yeah. One will feed the other in terms of electricity and green, you know, emissions. You know, it doesn't need much manning. It has the same type of structure. But that's, that's the problem. It you doesn't know. have much manning. This, this, it doesn't bring the people in to create the community, to create the society and create now all the social nice activities. So, now, yeah. which is actually, we need more space. space. Now, there's lots of space, but the space we want is not, you know, empty space, it's studio space. And to get more studio space, we it gives us the jobs because the content plugs into the space, the tax break plugs into that. That will give us 20,000 new jobs. What's the opportunity in Ireland right now for you and people? There's loads of opportunity. Industry, right? There's, there isn't a studio space to be got all over the UK. It's stuffed. Although I saw an article out today that um, about uniquely British television, which is, uh, anyway, that's uh, <laughs> now produced. But um, the... You know, it is incredibly busy. There's a there's a lack of content. Content makes money. They want more content. Um, yeah. And no, indirectly, we got to feed back the food chain. Lack of it's lack of space is lack of content. content. Yeah, yeah. So and lack of con. No, is there lack of people as much as lack of space? There, it, the problem is it comes in waves. You know what I mean? It's like I mean, if you're in studio, obviously it's different. Like in Ireland, we shoot more during the summer. Obviously, we've much longer daylight. It's great for the film industry because we've, you know, you have daylight from six o'clock in the morning till eleven o'clock at night if you're in the west of Ireland. Yeah. Um. But then vice versa in the winter, we don't have a lot, which is great if that's what you want. No, we don't need light because yeah, we, we are God. We are omnipotent. If, we're in a warehouse. We <laughs> can turn it on and we can turn it off. We don't need, we're not outside up a field, down a lane in the forest. The space I'm talking about is the 75 million quid they're building it in a, they're, they're creating and inventing the space in tech. Yes. But 
is that always is going to be the most financially viable way of shooting thing. You know what I mean? Like there, yeah, I, yeah. yeah. Studios are great, and what you create and make in there is fantastic, and it's brilliant to see more coming up and having those areas there for people to use. Um, but you can't move everything inside a studio. No, you know. Well, you yeah. can, but I personally don't want to. I don't see the value. You know what I mean? I think there are things in Ireland that we have that are far more precious. And I mean, fantastic. They're mapping the burn so they can use it on a 3D, whatever. You know, that's not going to replace someone. Silic Islands. Yeah, well, you want to be standing on the rock, jumping yeah. off the edge. Now, the, you don't uh, the burn is a bit difficult because there's very little Wi-Fi there. <laughs> it's, a hard, <laughs> it's a hard shooting area to be in. But, um, the, but I don't think you can necessarily replace it. I think the, there's a level of authenticity that could be lost. And it depends on what the content you're making, really. That's the way I would See, yeah. it's not one or the, the weird thing, as you said, it's not one or the other. There's an audience for, there's one for everyone in the room. It's every type and everything. So we want the big, this, actually, I think what we're saying is, and what we were coming across mm. a bunch of shows was, we need the macro industry book to help create the jobs, to hopefully support the micro industry, to give the chance and testimonials to the newbies coming up the track. Because the- they're the jobs, if you want jobs, if you want art, you're nearly in the micro, because the macro is not going to give you that opportunity, because well, it's investing yeah. in everybody. But a lot of things are both. Do you know what I mean? There's no well, even better. Why are, you know what I mean? Like, you don't... For something to be artistic doesn't mean it can't cost 25 million quid. It could easily be 25 million quid and be a piece of art. I mean, they're not... Oh, no, no. What I'm saying is it won't be a newbie in Ireland that... Well, hopefully, gee, if it was, you're 15 million something. If you can attract American money to use Irish studio Ooh. space and be the art, that's brilliant. But the assumption I'm making as an accountant is Ooh. most of what's here already has what it wants to do. It's coming over for the job and the service. It's... Oh, yeah, no, it's, co- it's coming over for it one and it's coming over for, yeah, <laughs> for talent. Absolutely. And it's it's here for, for the, the tax break. It's here for the money. We know what it's here for. And, um, and because a lot of people want to shoot here because they like the crews. The crews are really talented. They're really good. They work really hard. You know, they know what they're getting. They, ex- they can extract the art from the artist as a service. Yeah. 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 And, um, but, and, you know, and which is great. But like, I mean, all the things that need to come with that also have to be in place. So if you're going to build a studio, you have to know there's accommodation there for incoming cast. You have to, know, you know, all these things, the logistics around it. There's no point in having um, something shooting forever. I just know one particular thing at the moment and they booked off an area and there is no coverage there. Oh, so okay. you can't run a production office with no coverage. Yeah. You know, so... Yeah all these things have to work together and it's really important that they're really well planned in advance but also as a country we have to decide you know like I mean there you go it's back to, we're back to the two words we're back to it's all about planning you know. always unfortunately we've come to the end of the show where we've reached the five, the hour and five minute point so normally I do a kind of mini wrap up oh, just Jesus, to, weird. sorry I'm just looking at the time yeah we've been going for quite some time which is pretty, which is pretty good you know it's, it's, and it's been We've we've kind of gone through quite a lot. We've we've gone through how someone might start their you know their their career. Yeah. We've also looked at the importance of having a dual career, and what I mean by that is that you have the thing that brings the money in that gets you up with your craft, hopefully, 
But the other one is where you develop the kind of creativity and, and do the thing that you want to do that you will eventually stock and use to generate income later on in life, God willing, if all, if all goes well. And, that, and it's important to have that because as time goes by, you will have families, you will need cars, you will need somewhere to live, and you have to go home at some point. <laughs> and, yeah. and you, you know, so although projects have their, their own timelines, our lives go on and the, the, you need to fulfill both of those kind of streams, which I think is really quite important. We've looked at, we, we discussed some editing, which is really quite good. I wasn't sure if we were going to get a chance to do that, but we, the editing process and how creative and the story process that's involved and, and really the, the art of looking at the world around you and how that generates stories. We also talked about TikTok, which is an interesting one for us because we don't normally get there. But also one of the valuable things that was in there was the fact that if we listen to the youngsters and listen to where they are, we can start to generate ideas for stories that will appeal to them and nurture that audience towards what we're trying to do. And that's a very important fact. Stay young is the key. Don't don't think you're getting old. Remember you're a kid at heart and keep on going and, and you'll work with them and produce stories that they want to hear. And I think that that was a fascinating part of the story. Now, that's a kind of mini little wrap up. What I normally do is I like to ask my guests, is there any little thing you'd like to talk about that we never gave you a chance to just as a kind of closing comment or two? Yeah, I'm just... No. No, <laughs> stop it, Gavin. <laughs> I'm trying to think of... Um, I suppose it's one of the things that, particularly for younger people coming through, is don't underestimate the people around you, you know? Talk to, talk to the granny on the bus. Have a conversation yes. with the guy on the road. Um, you know, find out, especially if you want to write and you want to create something in that way, talk to individuals, wherever they are, whoever they are, and... I think a lot of the time you'll be very, very surprised at, um, the, you know, how generous people are and the information and how talented they are, like, yeah. um, and the information stories that they can give you um, and share with you. So I suppose that's what yeah. No, that's powerful. That's powerful because I know that I'm doing that. And I'll, I'll talk to this other gentleman over here, Garvin. Garvin, any words you'd like? Any wisdom that you'll bring out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to say the opposite. Don't overestimate the people around you because <laughs> You're so they're a bunch of smoke and mirrors, makey uppy as they go, will promise you the world and its mother and deliver nada. So be sure to know what you're dealing with. Make it real. Don't believe the hype. So we'll catch you soon. Brilliant. Thanks very much, everybody. Hope you enjoyed the show and look forward to seeing you next week. Bye for now. Hope you enjoyed this video. Please subscribe and click on the bell for notifications.